0: To At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. We welcome a wide and exceptionally impressive array of guests business leaders, HR leaders, academics, practitioners, consultants, and authors to talk about the most timely, relevant, and challenging issues that are influencing the workplace today. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland-Steed.
1: Welcome to the show, Trish. How are you today?
2: I'm good, Steve. How are you? I
1: am well. I am very excited for today's show. We have a great guest and we have a great topic. We're going to be talking all about... Making that move from sort of eh, traditional business, if you will, to a really mission-driven nonprofit organization, and uh, we're going to hear the story of someone who's done that, and and also learn a little bit about the story of uh, just an incredibly important and compelling organization that she works at as well, one that people will know right just from their name. So true. Uh, Yeah. Before we welcome her to the show, Trish, let's thank our friends at Paychecks, of course, right, for all their support. This episode of At Work in America is sponsored by our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. The current business and hiring environment has redefined what it takes to succeed as an HR pro, requiring HR leaders to adapt and innovate at lightning speed to help their organizations remain competitive. You can download the 2022 Paychex Pulse of HR report to discover the tools and tactics your peers are using to deliver on both HR and business objectives faster and at scale while still meeting the evolving needs of your employees. Please visit payx.me PHR 2022 to download your copy today. And many, many thanks to our friends at Paychex. All right, Tresh, we should get right on to this, right? It's, uh, it's a great topic. It's a great guest. Our guest today, we're lucky to have her. It's Annette Green. Annette is the chief people officer of ALSAC, which is the fundraising and awareness organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Annette and her employee experience team are responsible for providing strategic oversight that helps position ALSAC as a leader in creating moments that matter in the employee experience journey. The team focuses on the key belief that our audience experience will only be great if our employee experience is greater. Uh, Please welcome Annette to the show. Annette, how are you today?
0: I am wonderful. How are you?
1: We are well. It's so great to have you. What And, and just when I heard about this, uh, we had the opportunity to do this. I was super excited just because, wow, like what a what an organization. It's legendary, right? And, I, and we're going to get into some of those details. But maybe at first, maybe tell us a little bit about you. I did LinkedIn stalk you today, I will admit. And your your career journey is quite compelling. You worked at another bunch of kind of famous organizations along the way, too. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's actually been so rewarding uh, as far as the career journey that I've taken, because most of my career was about 20 years in the hospitality industry. And you're not going to learn anything more about how to value people, take care of people so that they ultimately take care of your guests at the hospitality side, and of course, our donors here, um, Then going through and having those experiences working within hospitality. And so I was definitely blessed to have those experience, um, experiences during that time and uh, kind of joke because I did start at a very large fast food organization uh, that is the parent company of like KFC Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, very large international organization, um, had the pleasure of then working for um, an organization named Brinker International, which has chilies and ma Gianno's. And it oh, really was. Oh, me too. Yeah, they're, they're great. They got some great fried zucchini <laughs> um, and, you know, I had a chance to when I was with them in um, with Chili's Chili's was just then making the very strong commitment to support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital with their commitment as a partner. And so I was here when the commitment was made um, and I was physically here on campus when we broke ground on what is the Chili's care center that sits right over my left shoulder today. And that was uh-huh. over ago so I mean it definitely came full circle for me um, after I um, moved and transitioned from Chili's ended up in beautiful Tampa, Florida with an organization named Bloomin' Brands, Outback, Carabas, Fleming's, Um, And bonefish and of course kind of joke I ate my way through my career, um, but it gave me an opportunity to work with some amazing people. And what was great about the interactions that I had throughout that time is that because of the relationship I had when I was at Chili's and they started the um, create the chili pepper kind of campaign that they had. Uh, I had a chance to really understand what ALSAC was. Most people don't know that ALSAC is behind what is the fundraising and awareness side of St. Jude. And so when they called and said, we have an opportunity at ALSAC, they typically go into explaining this huge marketing and fundraising arm. And I could stop them and say, I know exactly who you are and I don't know what the job is, but yes. (laughs) So it's been a great journey to get here today. And that's a little bit of, of why and how I got here today. In addition to the fact that for me, this is both personal and professional to have the opportunity to work at such a great organization here in Memphis, Tennessee.
2: You know, thank you for sharing that. I, I love that you moved from 20 years, 20 plus years of taking care of people, right. Through, through one of the greatest ways that we can care for each other, which is through our stomachs, right. Um, Food is one of the the most caring things we we do for each other um, with eating, but can you talk a little bit about what ALSAC is and I, and maybe that mission and what really drew you to it? Um, I myself had spent a, a number of years with St. Louis Children's Hospital and very familiar with the fundraising side of things like that. But, you know, for us, it was always very important to have employees who were so deeply tied to the mission of what we we're trying to accomplish. So can you talk a little bit about the mission of ALSAC and how that relates to the way you're helping St. Jude? Absolutely.
0: Well, most people know the mission of St. Jude, of finding cures, saving children. And that mission has been strong with us uh, since our founder, Danny Thomas, started that back in 1957. And his goal was to ensure that no child was turned away, you know, based on race, gender, or the inability to pay. And there, there to me, is no other greater mission to help support the children in the future that we have. So ALSAC actually came uh, before St. Jude. So ALSAC was formed by Danny Thomas, he reached out to a number of his friends and and colleagues to start what was the fundraising side. So if you look at kind of like the time and frame, um, 60 years is how long St. Jude has been here because they started in 1962, but ALSAC actually started in 1957. And the purpose of that was to raise the money to start building this beautiful hospital. And there's a great story behind that too, as it relates to Danny Thomas wanted to purposely put it and a place of uh, which of course at the time, Memphis, Tennessee being segregated and in, in a huge focus from diversity and what was happening during those times in the late 50s, early 60s, he purposely picked Memphis, Tennessee to show that no child would be turned away based on their background, uh, their minority, their age or religion, and made a very strong statement by putting that here in Memphis, Tennessee. So uh, LSAC, for those that don't know, is American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities. And that is the focus of of being able to show uh, our founder was Lebanese and being able to show the culture and the background and the importance of taking what was his culture of giving back and being able to support children by then starting St. Jude. And St. Jude Children's Research Hospital has continued to focus on the support of children around the world um, and being able just, it's just one hospital here in Memphis, Tennessee that does all that work around research and it's just a really beautiful mission to have and to be a part of LSEC that helps to raise the awareness for them is even greater.
1: And Thank you. Like, uh, thank you for the, for the background on that, because it was kind of, I mean, like, like everybody probably listening to this podcast, we've heard of St. Jude at the hospital, right? We've seen, we've maybe donated over the years. We've participated in fundraising. I was a, I was on a cruise not that long ago that one of the activities was a fundraiser for St. Jude Hospital, Mm -hmm. right? Right on deck. It was really fun. And so people know that, but they don't know some of that background and that story, right? And also the fact that maybe they're less aware that this must continue as well, right? And you said that uh, ALSEC was started five years before the actual hospital was was created because the funds needed to be raised. And the funds actually still need to be raised, right? Because one of the things we know about St. Jude is, hey, this the care for these these families and these children is you don't you don't present bill uh, this massive hundreds of thousands of dollar bill at the end of their care
0: no and and that's the the beautiful part too is that children that come here families that come here we take care of the whole person so when a child and family first shows up they're paired with a clinical care team that takes care of their needs um, supports them in that journey through education um, through support but we also do pay for all the bills, the travel, the housing, anything that they may need from that standpoint to be able to support them. So they're not left with all these medical bills following what is already a very hard time and obviously any family's life. And so that is very different of a model and there's no other model like that out there within any other nonprofit that you have this fundraising awareness and, and, and support to than a nonprofit. And the reason it was set up that way is so they could focus on finding that cure And we're focused on ensuring that they have the resources and the support to be able to do that so that one and the other don't get too much off track, then they can support one another at the end of the day to be able to give back to those families.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that we talk a lot about on the show with all different types of employers, um, both for profit and nonprofit, are some of the challenges that we're all facing right now when it comes to finding talent, keeping talent. Can you maybe give our listeners some insights on maybe pre-pandemic and post-pandemic? Has, has your search for talented individuals to join this really important mission changed? Um, how has it changed if it has? And where do you stand today on kind of the way that you're approaching a very, um, just a very interesting time in hiring?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say interesting time in hiring is a, is a good way of kind of describing that. Um, I actually joined last February, so I've been here for about a year and a half. And so I joined during the pandemic. When I first started coming into the office, it was pretty quiet as we still were being careful. And we're on campus with the hospital. Safety is our first and foremost um, area of, of focus. And so even from that standpoint, coming on board and meeting and integrating into this culture, we really wanted to make sure we set the stage for how do we continue to drive that culture for our new employees who may or may not be able to physically come on campus because being that close to the mission, obviously, we recruit you every day. And, And I can tell you, I've yet to walk on campus that I don't look around, see these buildings and have that moment of how proud I am to be here. But from a recruiting standpoint, we actually have had a record hiring year based on the fact of the amount of support we wanted to give to ALSAC and the number of people that we've brought on board. And what occurred during the pandemic that I saw from the outside looking in before I came here is that people were leaving their positions to go focus and be someplace that was purpose and mission driven. And so, of course, when I got here, this was a great opportunity to focus in on the fact that you know, we are kind of the Google and Apple of the nonprofits. This is where people want to come work. Our brand is very strong. We're top charity, you know, top charity in the United States and, and, and people know our name and we want to use that and be able to focus on that. But the other side of it too is that we have a great opportunity to really focus in on people that just found that after working really hard in a very dynamic, stressful Um, type of work environment do want to come places and lead those positions at the Googles and and, and the organizations out there that obviously are top brands because they want to go work someplace that is mission-driven, that is purpose-driven. And of course, it's our commitment once they get here to continue to foster that engagement and be able to ensure that they stay here for much longer. The average employee here is about seven years. Now, we have people that have been here for 30. um, And so it's not uncommon to to come across a 10, 15, 20-year anniversary. But we have had people that have been here for an average of about seven years is kind of what we look at, where the average in the U.S. is five. And so there's a lot to be said about that. Plus, we have lower turnover than any place else in the industry. And a lot of that has to be said around the fact that, yes, the mission draws people in like a magnet, but we also do some amazing work when it comes to the development of our talent. Um, Being named as best places and number one for innovators is extremely helpful for people to understand, yes, we have the hospital, but if you want to be able to be a part of a marketing, fundraising, innovative, challenging, growth-related organization, we can give you that all day long, and I think that that's another part of the story that we sell in addition to, of course, the mission being the number one reason people come here. Yeah,
2: thank
0: yeah. That, for- that's I, thank you for
1: making that point. And that because the question I was kind of kind of come up with next was, yeah, if you're the 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 equivalent of the Google or, or, or the Apple of the nonprofit sector, that's awesome, and the mission's so compelling, you don't really have to sell people about the work that you're helping to achieve. Is not some of the most important work in the world. Uh, so that's easy, right? That's compelling. But can it be easy to sort of just, I don't know, okay, like, hey, that's good enough. Now we don't have to worry so much about things like development, things like engagement, things like work-life balance, all the things, right? the, the the issues that every employee or employer has to worry about. Can it can be easy to just to say, oh, hey, we're, we've got this big mission here. So, you know, keep quiet over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I I, I definitely see what you're saying. We are, we're a very open organization. We care a lot about our people. In fact, one of our, our culture pillars is people first. And we don't just say that. Um, from other organizations, I, I will tell you after working for very large public companies, of course, they focused on training. Of course, they focused on leadership development. Any organization should. But it wasn't until I came here that I saw that the in-depth focus on truly developing our people, the world class training that we have in place, the way that we were able to extend that both virtually because in person went away and you didn't want to lose that because you couldn't physically do those same trainings before. I mean, they turned on a dime to ensure that there was a focus on on leadership development, but not just like to get to the next role, but truly to engage people on how to be better in the role in the seats that they sit in. Because we say often and we mean it, you lead from every seat. So we want to make sure that you're in a place in which you can lead from every seat with the right level of of professional development. And what I would say too, and I'm sure other organizations have done it, but I will I will probably brag a little bit and say that we absolutely leaned into the well being, work life harmony. What does that look like? We really focus in on wellness Wednesdays and, and thoughtful Thursdays. And in addition to kind of leadership development. We really focus on the whole you. We really take the time to not only train our managers about that, but to talk to our people about feeling like they're in a safe place when it comes to being able to support themselves and take care of themselves also.
2: I think those are are really unique ways to do what's beyond maybe what the industry sort of average sort of company is doing, if you will. I would love to hear what you all do in terms of, you know, it is a great mission. people are drawn to that. There's also that side of, I think when you're working, especially with children who are ill, um, and you're seeing that every day as part of your job, it can be very stressful in a whole different way than just maybe the fundraising aspect of your job, or if you're someone that works within St. Jude itself, right, in in maybe a medical capacity or um, some support capacity. Could you talk a little bit about what you do to help Maybe from a mental standpoint, if people are dealing with children who are very sick and and quite honestly, some don't make it, right? And you get very attached to them. So how do you handle that as an organization? Is that something that you think about from the minute someone starts their position with you? Or is that, you know, maybe through this training and development as you're kind of throughout their career? How do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's
0: always going to be hard when you come into an organization where, you know, we are, we are receiving the hardest of medical situations. Um, Children are referred here. They don't walk in the front door as a regular Mm -hmm. hospital. They were referred from other doctors and other hospitals because they have reached a point in which they know that this is a very hard disease to cure or research that needs to be done to increase kind of Um, the work that's being done in a particular medical field. So these are hard cases, which makes it very hard because we don't always have um, always the outcome that we're looking for. Now we can definitely say that if you go back to the beginning of the history in which we started, there, the statistics were 5%, maybe 10% from survival rates on many cancers, whereas now it's at 90 and 95%. So there's also a piece to celebrate there around the research that we've been able to, to, to provide and, and the support we've been able to give families. But you're right, there's a piece of that that in which we wanna be able to understand how do we take care of our employees we really, really started to open up not only just EAP and employee assistance programs for counseling, but we just finished an entire month where we talked about like, um, your mental wellness, your health is something you shouldn't be um, uh, embarrassed about. And we really took out the stereotype that mental well, mental health was anything that you should shy away from, we should talk about it. Um, we have our uh, business groups that really focus in on that as well within, within their BRGs that we have an effect as, around mental health and wellness. But when it comes to also the fact that we have a lot of um, former patients that work for us too, and being able to celebrate that and being able to know that they're here, we have parents of children uh, that were St. Jude, uh, a part of St. Jude. We also have bereaved parents that work here because even though that outcome wasn't ideally what they would have wanted, they still wanna support this mission in a way that helps to move that, that mission forward. And so when it comes to taking care of employees, I mean, we have counselors on staff, we have counselors that we provide through EAP, but all in all trying to make sure that we're also there for one another and we talk openly about how do we support one another during these times, but also know and be proud of the fact that how much further we have taken this mission because of the work that has already been completed. So it's that balance. It's that talking about it. And it's being really open with our feelings and understanding that this is a mission. That's a hard one and it's an important one. And it's a one that we should also make sure that we don't forget those that we've lost, but also celebrate those that are with us today and and actually even work here also.
2: I love that. Thank you.
0: And I have a question that
1: I've asked this uh, over the years, a couple of different times when we've had the opportunity to talk with people from nonprofits or organizations that were really kind of mission forward and, and had a compelling kind of obvious mission. That's pretty easy to rally behind. And since you've got a background, right? Yeah. You talked about your background in hospitality and food service and look, I love chilies as much as the next person and the Outback and all this. Maybe, not as easy to rally folks who work in those kinds of companies or others around the mission. Right. And so my question is this, like, like if you're a a people person, an HR leader, or even just a business leader and say, I don't know, maybe you're making industrial solvents or, you know, someone builds the PVC pipes, right. That go into the plumbing systems. Maybe not as obvious, uh, compelling, let's rally around, wow, this pipe is awesome that we're making this week. What are some of the things you've observed or learned or would recommend about, hey, let's, can you find that kind of connection to a mission? Let's just say, quote unquote, knowing that not all missions are equally important, right? In the grand scheme of things, like, does that make sense? You know, like, sometimes I feel like it's got to be hard to rally folks around, you know, industrial solvent manufacturing, for example.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I would say is um, every organization has its own culture. Every organization kind of builds around their own values, what they believe in, what are the behaviors that they want their leaders to to, to kind of have and exude. That's where I would say that you want to lean in on and really celebrate. So you may not get excited about the thing, But you can get excited about the culture and the give back of that organization. It's why we do partner with so many great organizations that because they partner with us, they're able to create a culture within their own employee base to say, hey, you may work here at Best Buy, but you also are giving back to this mission at St. Jude. And so whether it's through your own employee giving, whether it's through kind of uh, donations of customers and kind of celebrating that partnership, you're creating a culture within yourselves And so it's less about like, what did we put on the plate and more about the experience, but it's also about the experience of your employees and being able to create something in which they can get jazzed about. They are excited about the leaders they work with. I mean, it's a true statement. People leave leaders. Um, And so you really want to make sure that as a leader, you're kind of getting people excited, engaging them, focus on their development. And so even though it might not be the thing, it's about what the company stands for from a culture and a give back. And what are they doing for sustainability? And what are they doing for their own kind of give back to make the world a better place? And that's why I think we have so many wonderful partners and sponsors, because they know that they can create a culture around giving back to a mission like this as well within their own organization.
1: Yeah, I love, thank you for sharing some thoughts around that because uh, I think it's important, right? To say, how do we find that? I don't know, because look, every you can go work anywhere, especially now, right? As we record this today, it was another robust employment uh, report in the United States, right? There's 11 and a half million open jobs in the United States right now. You can kind of go work kind of anywhere, right? Lots of folks can. So what are the things that you can do as an organization to make your place? The place where people want to be. Right. So thank you for that.
2: You know, uh-huh. I think that if you're someone who's, you know, making PVC pipe, if you're making maybe tubing that, you know, first for different things, connect that to organizations that that goes to. So for example, I mean, all of the manufacturers that create you know, parts and pieces that, that go to support St. Jude and their mission of saving children's lives. I mean, I think that's where a lot of organizations who are maybe on the manufacturing side, aren't making those. Yeah. Connections.
1: Celebrate your customers. Right. Right. Because St. Jude and other great places like St. Jude are buying supplies and materials from Absolutely. all kinds of organizations. Well, and right? I think celebrate from a that. fundraising
2: yeah. standpoint, from a fundraising standpoint, it goes the other way too. Right. So figure out, who are the people who are building, you know, the buildings who are putting all of the different supply pieces in. If you go all the, where all the inventory comes from, those are the very organizations that you're going back to, to say, look, what you're building and making and creating those little pieces come together to help save this child's life. Right. And we want to partner with you now more in terms of fundraising as well. Right. So they're, as you mentioned, Best Buy for, as an example. Yeah, I think that's what rallies people together. And it really does make you feel like you're in a partnership, you know, uh, with each other as opposed to not understanding where your time goes, or yes, I'm just sitting here as something goes by on a, an assembly line. It's, there's so much more to it that can tie you to the mission, I think. And that last thing
1: for me is a lot of people don't love to do the generational kind of workplace conversations. I love them. I don't care. I've been ta- like when it was, when we could bang on the millennials for many years. I love doing that. I'm I've now turned my focus on Gen Z and, and maligning them a little out,
2: bit. Gen Z will get you. I tell you.
1: <laughs> I have a Gen Z child who uh, I, I think know, fits I know, many of those stereotypes.
2: Uh, have you seen,
1: especially since you've been over, and maybe even before that, though? Right? Even even in your in your prior roles, but since you've been at alsac and, and doing what you're doing there. Are you seeing as you're either with employees that are there or candidates, maybe that you're recruiting younger cohorts, et cetera, do they seem more, Hey, we care more about values. We care more about what this organization stands for. We care more about things that are not quote unquote, the traditional things we were taught, say people of of our generation were taught to care about when finding employment. Is that really, are you seeing that in your
0: experience? Yeah, I mean, this, this is one of the few times that we have so many generations within our workforce and and even more to come. And I mean, I'm with you. I have a Gen Z, you know, son as well. And so just kind of getting into the, the heart and mind. Here's the interesting thing. So when you think about like the silent generation, like my parents, um, they would have stayed in their job for 30 years. My father did. He worked at AT&T for 30 years until he retired. Mine and did so, as
1: well at AT&T for until oh, he retired. Oh, yeah yeah right. for, oddly for enough the, yeah
0: for that generation to like dig in hard work, get it done, never think about going any place here's my loyalty, here's my focus, I'm gonna climb the company ladder at this place only, but then you go to the boomers and you get into a place where you know they do value having that longevity but um, they value kind of um you know what 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 is maybe out there, but they're a little bit more open you know as to what what is happening but they do value and still kind of want to kind of grow maybe we'll stay a little bit longer. That Generation X and millennials, oh my goodness, if they stay in a job for 18 months, like good on you. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot of movement that's happening there. And so there's a little bit more job hopping because that particular group saw if I'm gonna get ahead and do it quickly. I'm going to go to the next job and job hop, job hop. And and it's not a bad thing. It just kind of generationally kind of switched over time. And it's not that they were disloyal. They were just loyal to their development. Mm-hmm. So then you get into the Gen Zers. And I think that they have a little bit more in common with those boomers. They're never going to admit it. <laughs> but there's a little bit more of that. They're looking for a little bit more of that longevity. And they are. I mean, most of them are, what, in their late 20s now um, and, and kind, of, kind of the range in between. But they are looking for a little bit. More more of that, hopefully longevity, and they will go someplace else, but they're asking you to be a better company for them. So it's why most organizations, if you're hearing the voice of your people, as we do often, we talk about that. We, we want to listen to the voice of our employees, all of them. But some of the ones that are the most vocal and hold us the most accountable are maybe falling within that Gen Z. They're telling us, I want you to take care of my well-being. I want to focus on sustainability because the world in my future is very important to me as well. And they're asking for those development tracks. They don't necessarily want to leave to go get it. They're asking you to create it. And that's one of the things that I'm excited about being here versus maybe some of the other organizations I've even worked for. No, no harm or foul, but there is an opportunity here to work within so many different parts of our organization. You come in into one group, you can kind of write your ticket within other parts of the organization because we will... Reskill you to do so. We're upskill you, we're side skill you, we're going to reskill you to be able to move within the organization. And we create programs to be able to do that. You can go do a tour of duty for six months. You can do a target assignment for three months. And we will give you that opportunity to try out your skills someplace else, which is why I think we do such a great job with one, lowering our turnover. Because we're able to kind of provide those opportunities, but the other side of it is those Gen Zers are going to hold us accountable, and we're going to step up and make sure that we can be that organization that they're looking for in addition to that mission and purpose that initially led them here. So that's kind of my thoughts, obviously I can kind of talk a lot about the generational side too, but to me, um, it's up to us to ensure that we keep their attention, and, and they definitely kept my attention. I mean, my second day here, I was on a call talking about space travel, and I almost got confused as to whether or not I had signed up for the right company. But yeah, I was, was... going to say that's
1: that's an odd one. Yeah, right. interesting. Well,
0: what happened was, if we go back in time, I started um, basically the day after the Super Bowl um, had just aired our Inspiration for kind of uh, spotlight. And it was the obviously the inspiration for was the focus on an, an all civilian space flight and the fact that we had seats on there. Plus, we had one of our own St. Jude employees um, who was also a former. Okay. Went up into um, this space flight and traveled around the world for three days. So on my second day here, they're talking about space flight, and I had to take a moment and make sure I didn't sign up for NASA. But I mean, it's those type of opportunities that excite people. I mean, where else would you go that you're talking about this incredible mission? Oh, and by the way, we're putting we're going into space. Like, where else can you find that?
2: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you know what, Annette, I think a lot of the things that you've shared with us in this conversation are very progressive. It shows that things like you mentioned a couple times, sustainability is so important. You know, your own, um, just having open discussions about your feelings, that that is something as a Gen Xer. I mean, gosh, I grew up in public accounting where we were told, no, you, you keep that inside, right? <laughs> cry, yeah. We see cry on the inside like a winner. You you know, so I think that's different. I think that you're right. A lot of organizations are still trying to catch up to that. So that certainly is more compelling if you are, um, say, maybe even a younger edge of Gen Z. um, People just now going into college, getting out of college, they they are much more apt to have those conversations. And so the sooner that those of us who are a little bit older kind of get comfortable with that, too then the better off will be because I think you're right. They will stay longer than probably what maybe our contemporaries have done yeah. in, in our careers.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's Great exciting.
1: Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds to me, I guess the last thing I'd say was like a lot of what you talked about in that and, and the way you approach talent development and, and nurturing folks and providing opportunities for folks. You'd not guess it's the classic, Nonprofit model, right? Because I, I spent a lot of time in higher ed, which was another type of nonprofit. But it was definitely always the scenario where I felt like we were always being told no because we just didn't have resources, we didn't have funds, we didn't. There was everything was oh we're nonprofit, we can't do blah, 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 right? Compared to Google or Apple that we talked about earlier, right? It doesn't sound like at least you think that way at all about how you approach what you're doing and how how people are are, are compelled to not only to come to ALSAC and St. Jude, but also to, to stay.
0: Yeah, I would say a lot of that has to do with our leadership too. I mean, one of the other main reasons I'm here is our CEO is very forward thinking. Uh, Rick Shadyak just really pushes us to be able to kind of think ahead and and think beyond just where we are today. I mean, we're already having conversations about what does 2030 look like and beyond. And I would say that that push and that openness, I mean, uh, coming in and it's like, we need you to think in the gray and think outside the box and do all these things. It's not just the words that are used just because it sounds really good in the meeting. There's activation behind it. And so I've yet to bring a creative, innovative idea from a people standpoint. I mean, even to even to go back to, I changed the name of the whole department within the first six months, which you wouldn't normally do. Um, but here we needed to show that we were different. And so going from human resources to employee experience set the tone that we w- were going to be focused on the employee experience no matter what. But to know that I had that, that encouragement myself and that support, and quite honestly, um, it was an expectation to be able to kind of raise that bar to a place where we're gonna focus on our employee experience so that they can focus on this great mission and everything that we need to do to take care of our employees, we have definitely lifted up um, over the past even year and a half. And of course be, before, to be able to get to the place that we are today. So it, it comes with great leadership as well
2: in, in, in that support. It sounds like such a really great place to
1: work. Awesome. I'm, I'm not, I, would, I would sign up right now. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't sort of end with uh, where we want uh, folks to go to learn more. Obviously, uh, you can learn all about Saint. Jude at saintjue.org. you know there's some really really I was like t- poking around the website right before the show. I'm ordering some swag. like yeah. the gift shop on stjude.org is really, really cool. There's cool shirts and all kinds of stuff. So I'm getting some swag. That's for one. but like uh, and is there anywhere else we might want to direct people other than that obvious place? Um, are you hiring po- folks right now? Should we go send oh. them somewhere?
0: So we just started our fiscal year, um, we we kicked off the beginning of July so we're like a weekend to our new fiscal year and we are hiring and we have great opportunities our internship just kicked off and we have internships throughout the year, not just at this point of the time during the summer, but we have fall and spring, so definitely check that out if you go to AlSAC careers, you're also going to learn a lot about our history. In addition to that, you're going to see some people that are on there from kind of a video standpoint that you can listen and they will tell you about what it's like to work here. So you don't just have to listen to me obviously I love where we work. I love our people, but if you want to hear straight from them, that's also where you can find it on our LSAC career site too, and and learn all about our mission, our history, and of course the great opportunities that we have here.
1: Awesome. We will definitely get that in the show notes and and you you may get an application from my Gen Z kid for one of those internships. So if if so, I will, I'll, I'll,
2: I'll
1: put in a good word for him.
2: And Nanette, from a fundraising standpoint, while we have you, a lot of our listeners are, you know, business executives in, in companies of all different sizes. Where can they go if they would like to connect with you about supporting the mission at St. Jude, working with you at LSAC and and giving back? Where can they go?
0: They can always contact me directly and we can give you some information about ways that they can kind of start that journey. Um, going of course to Saint Jude stjude.org will be a, a good first start as well. Um, being able to, um, kind of show that, that, that support and being able to kind of focus in on where they can learn how they can best support the mission by understanding the mission. Um, but we can give you more information. They are welcome to call me. And I can also give you some additional contacts too, that you can put into your notes for them to reach out to directly, but being able to kind of focus in on, um, where we can, uh, Um, tell a little bit more about our mission. And then in addition to that, if they want to be a sponsor or be a part of um, supporting that from an employee basis, we have amazing teams here that help to set up those relationships and give them a little bit more information about the impact that they can make. Good. That's what we great, would love to hear. We stuff. would love the
2: listeners to at least consider this, consider the mission. It's very important, and uh, and would be a good way for your organization to come together for for something really outstanding. So I hope that uh, hope they check out the show notes and they can get the links to um, all the places to connect with you.
1: All right. Great stuff. Annette Green, Chief People Officer of ALSAC, the Fundraising and Awareness Organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I just want to say it one more time. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Great.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Awesome. Great stuff, Trish. Loved it. Good stuff. Put all the links we talked about in the show notes everywhere you need to go. Uh, I want to thank, of course, Annette one more time. Trish, thank you. Thank our friends at Paychecks, of course, for all their support. And thanks to our friends for listening. This is a really good show, and uh, we've been killing it lately. Go back and check some of the archives. The General Barn show was great. The uh, the the, the dance funny. show, the, the uh, Without Limits Dance Company show, was really That's interesting. Great. We're like we're hitting some great stuff lately. So I hope everybody's enjoying that. So, with that said, uh, my name's Steve Bowes. for our guest Annette Green for Trish McFarland. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We will see you next time.